When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. All right, my talkers. Well, they say it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and it is 5 o'clock right now here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We're hanging out with Lori and Julia one last hour here in studio before we got some remote broadcast coming up for Project Down and Dirty Film Fest. Exciting stuff, guys. We had some fun this morning, did we not? It actually yes. was fun. Yeah. It was fun once we figured out what we were going to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, we are our own wardrobe stylist for this movie. And Everything guys, is coming from our closets. and uh, You did a hell of got, a job. We apparently have a lot of uh, costume we do that, that uh, <laughs> fill in. So I was so, uh, just I don't know why I was shocked, I guess. Uh, but over the weekend, um, we got the news that Louise Fletcher, the imposing, steely-eyed actress who won an Academy Award for playing Nurse Ratchet in one of the greatest movies ever made, Once Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, had passed away. Um, we haven't seen her in anything um, for a while. Think I think since 2017. But um, she was 88 and she passed away in the south of France with her family at her bedside. Hmm. And she was, this is from the New York Times, their um, uh, obituary. And it's titled, A Most Memorable Villain. L- Louise Fletcher was 40. And basically unknown to the public when she was cast as the head administrative nurse at an Oregon mental institution in the 1975 movie uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The film, directed by Milos Forman and based on a Ken Casey novel, won a Best Actress Trophy for Fletcher. And it won four other Oscars. It won Best Picture It won for Foreman and Jack Nicholson won Best Actor. Mm-hmm. And her acceptance speech stood out that night, and it got replayed a lot at this last Oscars, even though it was somewhat overshadowed by the slap, because Louise uh, Fletcher's parents were deaf, and Mm -hmm. she grew up knowing how to do sign language. And she thanked that, you know, she teasingly thanked voters for hating her, but she also used American Sign Language uh, and thanking her parents for teaching her to have a dream. And she was the first person to do that at the Academy Awards. Right. So that was getting, you know, shared quite a bit because with CODA winning and everything. Um, and She then, really was on all of our shows as a guest actor or something when we grew up. Oh, she was. She, she's, she's been in everything. She's cited as an example of the Oscar curse, the observed phenomenon of winning an Academy Award, and it does not always lead to sustained yes. movie stardom. But she did maintain a busy career in films and on TV in her into her late 70s. She um she worked with Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood in the 1983 Brainstorm movie. Right. So we could have been talking to Louise Fletcher about what went on. Um, she was in Firestarter. 
She was in Cruel Intentions as Ryan Phillippe's genteel aunt. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And she did play an epic character in the TV miniseries Flowers in the Attic Mm -hmm. in 1987, where she is the evil matriarch, you know, to Mm -hmm. those kids. And, but she said, um, she said that doing Flowers in the Attic was the worst experience she ever had in making a movie. Why? I don't know. We'd have to. That was a drag. That was at a Dragon Con audience in 2009. I don't know why, but uh, the American Film Institute, and we've got a little audio of this, named Nurse Ratched as one of the most memorable villains in film history. And the second most notable film, female villain, surpassed only by the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. And, um, Here's Louise Fletcher the, at the American Film Institute. I don't know if this is a thing for Jack Nicholson, but the movie is considered one of the um, top 50 movies ever made. You know, a, a must-see, a classic. So here's Louise Fletcher talking about making the movie with Nicholson. She won the Academy Award for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Louise Fletcher. The question I've been asked most in my life is what's it like to work with Jack Nicholson? So tonight I think I can answer that question without gritting my teeth. The work we did on the set of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was so powerfully real for me that I didn't want to go home at night. I didn't want it to be over. And in large part that was because of you, Jack. You inspired me with your generosity and your commitment and your hard work, which you made look so easy that I thought I could do it too. So I'd like to repeat what I said once before on a very special night. I'd like to thank Jack Nicholson, whose professionalism and capacity for getting into his role made being in a mental institution like being in a mental institution. (laughs) He blew her a kiss after that. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, that is a great movie. And, you know, um, Michael Douglas's dad starred on that on Broadway. So he bought the rights to it. He wanted to play McMurphy. And then his son... Um, Kurt Douglas, excuse me, played it on Broadway. He was McMurphy. He wanted to play it in the movie. Milos Foreman, who was going to direct it, said, no, you're too old. Right. Michael Douglas produced it. You know, his dad had the rights. So they were the like executive producers on that. Gene Hackman, James Caan, Brando, and Burt Reynolds all turned down the McMurphy part that Jack Nicholson plays. And Louise Fletcher, people that had turned down the director, Milos, Geraldine Page said no, Angela Lansbury said no, mm-hmm. Ellen Bernstein said no, and Bancroft said no. Milos said no to Jane Fonda. She wanted the role. And Lu- Louise Fletcher told journalists later, then after the mm-hmm. movie came out, that she had trouble finding work because she was 5'10". And okay. she was often cast in Westerns where they were looking for tall women. And she was in Robert Altman's 1974 movie called Thieves Like Us, where she turns a, she turns in her brother to the police. And Milos Foreman 
saw her in that movie, and he said I was caught by surprise. She had a certain mystery and coldness, and I thought that's what I need for my nurse ratchet. Wow. And so because she, you know, was just eking out a living doing these small parts because no one thought she, you know, was good, and then she plays this rolling wins an Oscar. And, and that's... That's an iconic thing. I mean, if you're giving care to someone and you're joking around, you know, don't nurse, be nurse ratchet. Don't be nurse ratchet. Or, yeah. or, I'm sorry. Today's, you know, is nurse ratchet. And I mean, yeah. you, everyone's still, and Sarah Paulson plays her in a Ryan Murphy, you know, thing right. that's just all about her. And but uh, that role lives on. Yes, yes. But it did get her typecast. Wow. It was why some of the other actresses didn't want to. Do it. Play it, but she just would, you know, she just was very busy working in films and TV until her late, she only, like 10 years ago maybe was her her last movies. And then, um, you know, Danny DeVito, he plays a great character, and apparently he and Michael Douglas, like, are lifelong friends. Even yes, though Michael yes, Douglas yes, yes. is, like, 10 years older. That's cool. Christopher Lloyd is in it, but if you've never seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, that's an epic, epic movie. Ugh. And um, it's sad. Oh, it is, but yeah. it, it is it is just like a powerful it's movie. movie. It's yeah. a powerful movie. And um, Grant posted, hopefully this is going to be good. I forgot that Kate Hudson was going to be in. So Knives Out was an unexpected hit. So much fun. You know, we didn't know it was going to be like this great movie. And then we all went and saw it. And I remember it was like November of 2019. So fun. Anna Darmus and Daniel Craig and... A lot of different Chris, people. One of the Chris, Chris Evans, yeah, with, Evans. His, with his weird knit sweater. Yeah, yeah. That so, was a different role for Chris. Yeah. yeah. So there's a new uh, movie called Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery because it is basically um, oh, damn it, Agatha Christie. Yes. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this, but Chris Hewitt is an Agatha Christie mega. Oh, like mega fan, right? Has read all the books and. Anyway, Glass Onion, the Knives Out Mystery is um, coming out. And we posted the trailer uh, just like we did with The Crown earlier. But Kate Hudson is in it and Leslie Odom Jr. And kind of felt nice to see Kate be in a movie. She hasn't been in one in a long time. Last we saw her was at the Oprah conference when she was telling us about Fabletics. Yeah. In mauve. Yeah. In mauve legging wear. No, you're mistaking I'm her making, for I'm, Julia I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Don't. But what did Kate do? It, oh, she did the Weight Watchers thing, which yeah, was a yeah. disconnect. We just haven't seen no. her like be in something good. So um, it starts out with the mystery begins when a group of old friends all receive an unexpected invitation in the form of a puzzle box. I love these whodunits. Yeah. I think they're fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's posted, and I think that's coming out in um, November. All right, listen, we'll be right back. We've got Grant in the Dirt Alert today. Grant, we're watching you. That's right. <laughs> This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Clint, what do we have? What are we discussing that we haven't talked about already? That's right. We've got quite a few things here, you guys. Let's start out with uh, Kelly Ripa and Regis Philbin. She opened up with um, People Magazine. She's, I believe, on the cover. She has a book coming out. A book, that's it. Coming out tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. It's Livewire Long-Winded Short Stories is the name of the book. I the hardest chapter to write was the chapter about Regis. And that's exactly what she kind of talked about here Mm -hmm. is there's some ups and downs with their relationship. Yeah, uh, basically... 
you know, it, she said that there were there were good and good and bad days, and that I don't want to feel like I'm slamming anyone or that I'm being disrespectful. But I also want people to know that it was not a cakewalk. It, it took years to earn my place there and earn things that are routinely given to men I work with including an office and a place for my computer. So mm. this was as she started her time from 2001 to 2011 with Regis Philbin mm-hmm. on the show. And she also talked about how her early struggles after the daytime talk show following the departure of Kathy Lee Gifford. Now, she said that the biggest misconception is that it all came easily. People think that I just showed up one day and it was ha- and I was handed a job and I lived happily ever after and everything's perfect but it's never that way. Well, Michael Strahan, who left um, after he was her co-host, had, didn't, I'm sure, have the nice, you know, he had a better opportunity. But I don't know that there was so any love lost between here's them. Here's what she said about her first day on the set with, with um, Reage. Reage. Um, because they had a national tryout mm-hmm. for her spot yeah. to take Kathy Lee. Yeah, she was is, a soap opera actress on here, yeah. um, All My Children. Her first day on the set, she was told, don't bring an entourage. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she showed up with a hair and makeup person, something she said is not unusual in the yeah. business. However, <laughs> and then this was Regis's first reaction. Yep. Uh-oh, Gelman. It's got an entourage. It's got mm-hmm. an entourage. It's got an entourage. And she wrote... I felt horrible. He was probably trying to be funny, but at the same time, it felt like a pylon because they said they didn't have a place for me to put anything. So here she's been hired. She leaves her acting job. I understood that he probably didn't want to co-host, but the network wanted me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I should pass up that opportunity. I don't think it was fair to him, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't fair to me. And she said she eventually grew on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the time. Yeah, the time. And it was mostly like the times off camera that they spent together is what she goes on to say that there are a few times outside the building and it was really it was really a different thing. The handful of times we were together, I really enjoyed it. We went to the same resort once on vacation and he came to a dinner that I hosted and it was one of my favorite nights of my life. I never laughed so hard. She adds that I love him and I still do. So you know, she has. I'm glad she writes about. It. I kind of want to read this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... if it's anything like uh, you know the um, Rob Lowe book stories, I only tell my friends, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking it's a story, long winded short stories. I think she has a lot of great stories of people that she's hung out oh, with. Oh, um, yes, yes, and so yeah. I like the idea of her just dipping in and out and telling. And her good friend is Andy Cohen, and his book the. Andy Cohen Diaries was nothing but stories. stories. We kind of like these mem- memoirs like, like this. Yeah, yeah I, I, okay. think, I think that's got some, definitely got some, some. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
heat to it. Yeah, for well, sure. I think we're going to get little little snippets probably when the book gets released. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just an interesting. You know, I I believe that that uh, yeah, I believe it wasn't a cakewalk for her. She no. had to earn that spot. And Regis, I could see him so being old a grumpy school. old guy. And he'd guy. been in broadcasting since the forties or something. Right, right. You know, things changed. And he didn't have According a to my dad, yeah. when women came into the workplace. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Philbin is, uh, he was an interesting character. So, well, let's take a look at this one, you guys. This is some from TMZ now. It looks like reports are coming out that Alec Baldwin could be facing criminal charges in connection to the fatal rush shooting because the DA is asking New Mexico for help financing several potential prosecutors. Now, this district attorney, Mary Carmack, reportedly filed an emergency request last week asking New Mexico Board of Finance for extra funds to assist bringing up four possible criminal charges that may materialize for the officer's investigation into the death of Helena Hutchins. Yeah, he's definitely probably going to be sued. And they just that's got his phone. And that's what they talked about this morning. Is they he remember he wouldn't give up his he phone. He wouldn't give his phone forever. For so long. Mm-hmm. And so they've, yeah. It's, and, it's, and he sold his $29 million Hampton home. And that's one thing that you would do if you were expecting to be criminally charged is offload stuff some, to shield your assets. assets. Yeah. To do that and protect himself sure. from looming legal bills because mm-hmm. he did just have his seventh child. Oh, gosh, yeah. She's excited but exhausted. I, I, I thought that was an understatement. I, <laughs> I thought the understatement I mean, of the year. If I were Alec Baldwin, I'd set up a trust for my kids like I'm last sure he week. Did. I'm sure he did. He probably call. already I'm did. I'm sure he did, Lori. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he better be. He better yeah, because be. Because uh, Helena Hutchins' family is will have to sue him for wrongful yes, death. Yes, they will. And he was a pro- executive producer on that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they yeah. did. And I know you probably already said it's this. It's not even a year yet, you guys. It feels like forever, but it was in August. I'm sorry, Greg. Yeah. didn't mean but to cut you But there was another investigation that happened where they proved that there's no chance in heck that he did not pull that trigger. There was no way... For that to happen, I know you might have already yeah. mentioned that, but no, he, I didn't. He, no. he, I mean, that came up. Uh, I think what a few months ago that that was released. And that he was such an idiot and did that George Stephanopoulos <sighs> thing where he recreated a, a detail how he didn't, 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 didn't pull the trigger. And she said, pointed here and pointed here yeah, and pointed he, here. He was, and I never, and I was like, why did he do that? Because now all of that is admissible. Evidence, yeah. He definitely needed to take a uh, look into just stay quiet, sit back, let this thing happen, and talk to investigators on your own. And talk to your legal people about how you're going to shield your assets so you can't get sued. But, but he uh, was like a three-year-old who just wanted to over-explain and complain and rather than to try to cover up his own mess. Yeah, yeah. what a mess. Yeah. Oh, and that poor family, that poor kid and the, the her husband. Yeah, what a, sto- what, what a tragic, tragic incident there. But this- I mean, don't forget, like, the half of the crew walked off that morning because there'd been so many incidents with gunshots there'd been at it, least it, four well i remember it was really bad i remember the gun professional that it was she, her she it was a female and i think her father was a professional yes. in the industry and she was like they showed interviews of her and she's like my career armor. Is, ar- armor armor yeah and yeah. she's like my career is done like yeah. this and this was one of her first few it jobs that she had like her second her job. second mm-hmm. job i mean what a just a and chaotic she wanted she thought there should be two Mm-hmm. Her dad thought that there should be two with a Western and that many guns. You should have two armors. One person. We were just a little bit on our movie set today. I mean, it's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of going the, on. Uh, b- b- below the line. There's so I can't imagine the logistics of, right. of a Western. Right. Yeah. yeah it, you know, 
just a lot of uh, boxes that weren't checked in the pro- in the production pro- and he's the head of production so it's definitely going to hopefully like you said TMZ there's now four charges they didn't name names but they're getting looking for money to get some prosecutors to bring yeah. up some charges so mm-hmm. well let's move on to another book that's coming out here you guys it's called madly deeply and it's the diaries from alan rickman now this is really oh, interesting what a I love I love oh what an actor love right you know actor. his most most famous role is in harry potter yes. for years and some of us love actually yep. is the husband and wasn't he in um the old with kevin costner the um the the Robin Hood movie, I believe he was I think in. He was. was one yeah, of the I think he was. Robin. He was one. He's of, just an epic, epic, epic actor. British but actor. Yeah. In these uh, j- doc journals, he says that he wanted to quit. Oh, was he writing a book before he died? Well, he was writing journals. journals. He was keeping journals, and someone got a hold of him, and now they're going to put this book together from his journals. And he said that he wanted to quit Harry Potter after like the second one, and ended up doing four more. Consequently, because he couldn't walk away, he was just too caught up in it, and he wanted to get out of that franchise. Called money, money, money is too good to walk away. That's true. Money talks. That's right. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, Grant. Yeah. Let's see what's going. How silly was I when we saw Salt and Pepper at that <laughs> I and I'm like, couldn't believe it. Lori, they're singing your song. And I'm, I'm like, they yeah, Salt and Pepper sings our song every I, week, and you're I like, I didn't know. know it was Salt and Pepper, and I'm like, oh, I never knew. It is sometimes. Criminal. That Criminal. What? That you <laughs> don't always know some of these things that I just think oh. that you've known for years. Because Sex Monday, I love that. Donnie picked that song out literally 19 years ago. I never knew it was something bad. And you were so excited. And I was and I'm like, why my is she so excited? <laughs> I mean, we've known Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I just was jumping up and I'm like, it's her song. Good I know. Lord, girl. Okay. Oh, well. All right. Now, I thought... I would actually try and be helpful, really and truly helpful. Well, this ought to be good. <laughs> in light of last week when Adam Levine denied oh, yeah. cheating on his wife, but acknowledged he had, quote, unquote, quote, crossed the line by speaking with other women in a, quote, unquote, flirtatious manner. Yes, yes. Which was flirtatious. He was downright like a dirty 17-year-old sex scene for <laughs> yes. the first time, okay? I like your long legs. So, um, and few of us are going to experience what Adam did, which is being uh, outed by uh, his side piece mm-hmm. on TikTok about uh, being approached by the guy she's no longer banging, but he approaches her nine months later to say, hey, I'm expecting a baby, and can I name... With my wife. With my wife. Can I name uh, the baby your name, Sumner? That again is just... Which she didn't even need to ask her. He was just trying to get back in her pants, I think. I think you're right, Lori. But um, but people do discover that their partners have crossed the line. And that can be flirty messages. It can be failing to make it clear that you're in a, a relationship mm-hmm. that's exclusive. Or... Being too touchy-feely with other people, let's just say. It hurts to be the person who's had the line crossed. It doesn't hurt so much to be the line crosser, (laughs) but the... But the, the 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 tricky part of this tricky situation is working out exactly what crossing the line means to you. Where is the line and how does it differ from cheating? And only you can know the answers to that. And working out your own boundaries is going to be key for what you're going to do next. So what crosses the line for one person may be different for another one. And that's what Bahati is doing, you know, right right now. Right, is figuring out 
her line, her boundaries. Yeah, and crossing mm-hmm. the line, and that's what made me so mad about Adam Levine's statement, uh, and then the insider spilling to People Magazine that he was just as upset as she was. And I'm like... He's upset he's busted. You're upset you're busted because crossing the line can be just as hurtful as cheating because it basically demonstrates that your partner is looking for gratification somewhere else. Right. And... Uh, and might be preparing to do something about it or maybe did do something about it and they're just lying even though the evidence, you know, they don't have anything. But even if your intention was never to be to cheat, you can't really be sure of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's a blow to your self-esteem 100%. And, your, and, and, and your trust and you're going to feel resentful. And, you know, why people cross the line, what makes someone behave inappropriately some people are fueled by the chemistry of flirting. They really are. They get they enjoy the ego boost that they get from it. Sure. And they get a kick kind of from the rush of power from the feel and the risk they take. And online flirting and messaging can be a compulsive behavior. And that person's gonna need to go get therapy. Like if I were Bahati, I would make Adam get therapy. Absolutely. For this. And um and so it may be something you know, there might be other things going on. There might be, you know, drug or alcohol use or other things that are going on. But um, he he's so blatantly disrespected yes, his did. wife with with so at many. least five different people yeah. is a, as a huge as a high profile person. He had a lot at risk, a lot at stake. But. Anybody really has a lot at risk and at stake when you do that. And so the natural fear for people that have that are partners with someone who've crossed the line is that they're going to do it again. Right. The trust thing. Yeah. And did they tell you the truth without prompting? Did it's a positive sign they feel genuine remorse? Well, Adam didn't tell her until the girl did the TikTok. And that's when he got explained what TikTok was about. So um, <laughs> he'll never forget that He, like that us, day. is a little late to the TikTok party. Yeah, um, so, and, so it really, your partner needs to feel genuinely sorry, and you need to feel that they're genuinely sorry in order to get To rebuild on. the bond. And signs that someone is really sorry, they take full responsibility for their actions without trying to make excuses or gaslight you, you and say, attention. yeah, you didn't, you, you did this. So they, that, that, and if they do that, mm, they are not sorry. Um, and they are prepared to talk to you openly about why they behave that way. And then their work, they're committed to working to rebuild trust. But if someone is, yeah, blames you by not giving them, oh, you didn't give me enough attention or sex. Mm-hmm. Or they say, it's not that big of a deal. Other people do it, and I didn't mm-hmm. really mean it. They're not sorry. If they're saying that, they refuse to talk about it. They get defensive. They're not sorry. And they hide their phones and disable their notifications. Still not sorry. So if you're the one who's crossed the line, you're going to have to... This is what you got to do. You have to stop the behavior. It's mm-hmm. dishonest. It's risky. Think about a therapist um, and just keep and deal with the responsibility and deal with the embarrassment mm-hmm. because um, you're going to be embarrassed, but the person who also is on the receiving end of crossing line is also embarrassed. You do feel like a fool. And so... Um, you know, everyone's just going to have to deal with that. Right. That embarrassment. And um, 
you know, keep having a chat about what your boundaries are. But yeah, I'm sure that um, the Adam Levine household was, you know, not a fun place to be. Not this weekend. No. I hope she went with her no. sister or I friends hate, and went with I the hate kids. The thing I most is when you said that when um, whoever it was that reported to People Magazine that he's just as upset as her, that just minimizes it and says, I'm not taking full responsibility. I'm the Dinkus Moranis. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm as upset as you. That just that just ruins everything. And that was from his people. Yeah, that's what so I'm that's saying. how you know that just that ruins he... everything because that means it, it just yeah it, it dis- dismisses his responsibility immediately because I'm upset too that I did this to you. Right? Who cares? Right? And Who hopefully cares? one of Bahati's friends or right. a sister. They also read that People magazine, and they were like, what? Who cares what he thinks? Right. He has It would have been better for him to say, I'm mortified and embarrassed for my behavior, that I put my wife and my kids. But he he said, well, crossing the line is different for everybody, and maybe I did something, but uh, oops, I didn't. He just should have said, this was so out of line. And she had receipts for days. I know she did. And so did other people. He made it worse. Yeah. And then it made it so there's a hashtag. Who else did that, was Adam with? You know, circling around right. for my people to come forward. Um, let me just give a little um, advice. We're in the Libra season for for dating Libras. Oh, because yeah, when is got? the cusp? Are, it's is September twenty fourth to October twenty third. That's right. right. I'm a Libra. What do you got for okay, me? How, so, how bad am I? No, no. Two no, things. These are great people. Oh I'm yeah, kidding. my we like have tons half of your family. Half my my mom is a Libra. We know tons of Libras. Two here. things. Really inspire Libra. Firstly, debate. They can argue their way out of anything. Okay. And then back in again because they love being the devil's advocate. (laughs) That's right. Challenge them and spar with them verbally. They'll respect you for it. Secondly, Libras are inspired by beautiful things. Trips to places of natural wonder. That is the truth. Museums, gallery, awaken a Libra's romantic nature they will love you for they it. They will and respond. Venus rules this sign, and that makes a Libra a big pleasure seeker. That's mm. right. Which is how I talked my mom into going to Vegas for her 81st birthday. Little Donnie. I dangled Donnie Osmond. That's right. She's a Donnie Osmond pleasure seeker. Oh, <laughs> who isn't? And suddenly everything felt like, you know, she because she was like done traveling. I'm I'm not going on any more trips. Right. You know, her knee and yeah. this and right. that and you know, but yeah, but that's what you're, so if you're trying to get a Libra somewhere, dangle some travel in front of them. That's right. They will not be able to say no. no. All right. That's that's what we got. A little serious and a little silly. Love it. We'll be right back. Thirty eight years ago, the single purple rain came out. Where were you? Where were you? Grant was at the Super Bowl in 2007. When 38 years ago, 30. I was two months away from being born. That's right. But <laughs> you were at this Super Bowl yes. when he epically played. And thank you for posting. We just posted just that Purple Rain thing. Yes, yes. So oh, good. What right? a- that was so good. Um, Julia, what yeah. did you make of... Um, uh, Robin Wright filing for divorce from her French husband, Clement Joao After four years of marriage. Yeah, I know it. I, here's what I make. Hmm. Be careful when you marry someone from another country. They will always be another country. Maybe he wanted to spend time in Paris. Maybe she wanted to be in L.A. with her kids. Maybe she... I just think... Hmm. 
these global international relationships. Yes. And it's- I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Especially if there's a child involved. I mean, they're difficult things to manage. Listen, she was married to Sean Penn. That was difficult. That was the difficult mess. This is her third divorce. She was married to her Santa Barbara co-star, Dane Witherspoon, for just a couple of years as a starter marriage in the 80s. great name. Yeah. And then she had all that time with uh, Sean Penn. and All that time. All that time. And so Robin Wright has not found Mr. Wright. And um, she is, I guess the last time she posted about anything about her husband was 2020. On her oh. Instagram. Well, you know, some people don't go all out and post stuff on their Instagram. So oh, she posts a lot of family photos oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah, she does. And um, they were California-based. They were in the beginning, California and France. And then in 2020, they were just in California. COVID. Lot, COVID. For two years. And they couldn't travel. They were papped quite a bit, riding bikes yes, and I, looking and all loved a up. Banging and, body. And they looked so cute and happy together. Right. And maybe uh, she didn't feel like. Um, she liked them. Maybe she didn't feel like. Um, she didn't want to live in France anymore. Maybe she's all. Uh, she's overcompromised. She did so much compromising with Sean Penn that she's just like, no. I'm going to just do what I, I love wanna. when we just mm-hmm. imagine. I just think. Remember when be she. Be careful when you marry someone yeah. from a different country. There is always going to be the countries between you. That's true. It's a big, big. Re- remember when she gave us that um, warm cup of tea and she was engaged for a hot minute to Ben Foster? Yeah, the Scientologist. Yeah. Who ended up marrying and has a child with the woman with the dark hair. Her. Oh. Oh, gosh. Laura Pepin. Yes. Laura Prepon. Laura Prepon. Very good. But remember when uh, Robin told us that that Ben made her laugh, love, and orgasm more than any other man she'd ever known? L L O. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. So. I I don't understand why people, though, in relationships need to say, this is the only time I've ever been in love. This is the most amazing sex I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, you're. What. Yeah, you know it's a lot. They had a they had a, a, a what do you call it a prenup. Yes, so they're fine. I'm sure. I'm sure she did. Yeah, they did, and they don't have any kids, so he's yeah. not going to go on Mark Marone's podcast and start flipping tables or anything. There like you that. go. And then um, I got my new bazaar with Charlize Theron on the cover. She's saying bizarre things. Well, not really. It's kind of a good. It's kind of a good dishy interview. She hasn't talked in a long time. No, and. Um, I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing, but she like she turned down a relationship during the pandemic because she said she was out of practice and she didn't want to do something that she was out of practice in this weird time. Yeah. So she turned down and how the financial backers of Monster wanted it to be a hot lesbian movie. Monsters Baller, the monster, monster. movie she won the Academy Award for. Okay. Mm-hmm, for playing this I've serial killer that. Eileen Warnos. Never seen it. And um 
And one of the things she realized after 25 years in the business, she hasn't reached the same level of fame that Kim Kardashian has. And I heard in Hollywood, you just have to say Kris Jenner, Kris Jenner, Kris Jenner three times in front of the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) That's like Candyman. I'm telling you. It comes true. Beetlejuice. He's a genius. Yeah. Uh He's a genius. And then she talked about how in her early career, there was this director who kept making her come in and try and model what she would be wearing on That's set. Gross. Yeah. There was so much sexual harassment going on. Yeah. In the early she days said of it so was many so people so belittling. And so she oh. has her own production company now called Denver and Delilah. And her Netflix film, The Old Guard, was a way for her to change the game in Hollywood because she her whole premise of her production team is that it would be eighty five percent women. Good for her. Yeah, Below yeah. and above the Good line. Love it. Yeah. So who is the guy? Stuart Townsend. Yes, that, that was her longtime uh, boyfriend. Yeah. But she said, yeah, it's totally true. It's everything is how bleepable is this actress? That's remember when they get, did that's that? That's how you get cast. Remember yeah. they did the skit uh, when Julia Louis Dreyfus, or one of the actresses turned 50 and, her, and they did this skit, Your Last Bleepable Day in Hollywood. And it was <laughs> like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus and maybe Tina Fey and some other, and they're all sitting around a table and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, you're not bleepable anymore, so I don't know. You're going to have to start playing grandmothers and Supreme Court judges. And It's funny because, okay, so I'm, I'm, I've am I'm finished the um, Selma Blair oh, memoir. Yes. Mean Girl. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about at one point, she's like 23, when she was getting cast for Cruel Intentions. And um, basically how absolutely movie star dropped down Reese Witherspoon the first time she met her. Mm -hmm. She was just unbelievable. Like you knew she was going to be a star and how lovely she is. And she's still friends with these people, but she said it's about high schoolers. And so she's 23 at the time. And she's like, should I start faking my age at 23? She's worried about faking her age down. Yes. Just in general. In general, they want you to, as soon as you get an agent, they go, we're going to take five years if we can. Or in Catherine Zeta-Jones' case, because she's celebrating her birthday today, 10 years. And so the director says Mm -hmm. to her when she goes in for the casting call, how old are you? And she goes, how old are you? And he liked her sassy attitude. Yeah. And that kind of got her the role. And she got to work with Louise Fletcher. Yeah, and she never really (laughs) answered anything, but the MS was coming on for so long in her life and went undiagnosed. I'm talking about Selma Blair mm-hmm. and early alcoholism is kind of like Drew Barrymore had um, in fourth and fifth grade. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Wow. She really, she has a very, was she a stage kid? No, I mean, not at all. Kid? Not no. at all. Oh, She's Selma? from Michigan and okay. she went to Kalamazoo college and no, she didn't get into acting. She was always going to be a writer. And so then you ended up liking her book. I did, but it was, it was, um, she spends a lot of time on her mom. She spends a lot of time on her mom, but her mom really did have a huge influence on her. And she's the negative. Both. both. I mean, she loved okay. her mom. Yeah. Um, but you know, she was pretty much didn't eat anorexic. Her mom always wanted to wear she's makeup. She's not like Jeanette McCurdy, where her title of her book, "I'm Glad My Mom Is Dead." No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But she talks about her her MS, and so I want to watch her on Dancing with the Stars. I know because she's it. on it. We're gonna have. She to. was on GMA this morning. It was such. She a was good, on again today. Yes, oh. and it was such a good interview. And you know, um, 
She's giving visibility to the invisible community. Yeah, and basically, though, I think she, that's what they called it. She yeah. has no um, feeling in one of her legs at all. Right, at all. she's dancing with yeah. no feeling in one leg. And, it's and kind our, of incredible. And our cousin's um, girlfriend, who has MS and has had it for a long time, she says it just feels like you have tons of weight on your feet and you just can't lift them up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's got to be yeah, pretty inspiring. I want to see Selma and I wanted to see Daniel Durant, the kid from Duluth who's no in Coda. He's dancing too. No, I really am missing Dancing with the Stars. I am not being on ABC, damn it. They should have swapped it with The Bachelor. Oh, Put The Bachelor on Disney or something like Bachelor that. Bachelor in Paradise is... Is it starting tonight? I can't Oh, it's rem- Tuesday night. It's starting yes, Tuesday night. Because there's Monday Night Football, Tuesday. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we've got a big week here. Yeah, we do. That's right. <laughs> we got a real big week. <laughs> Bigger than we thought. <laughs> Bigger than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone have a good night. We'll be back We're going to need to call our executive producer. That's right. <laughs> Job done. Off you go.